0: Hello and welcome to the Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American power, politics and society. On each episode, I will talk to an American expert or an expert on America about something that's going on in America in 2023. I am delighted to be joined once again by Jacob Harbrin, who is editor of The National Interest and the most frequent contributor again in 2023. The title goes to you, Jacob of most frequent contributor to the Americano podcast and we're going to be talking about some of the latest news coming out of Washington which is that the Republican Party last night voted to formalize the impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden this came after Hunter Biden Joe Biden's son did a pretty extraordinary speech outside Congress um in which he said that the Trump attack machine has been saying where's Hunter, which is a sort of right wing meme, where's Hunter? And he said, when I'm here's the answer, I am here. And he said he would be willing to to uh, be grilled by a congressional committee in public. He just didn't want to do what the Republicans have asked him to do, which is a behind closed doors inquiry. This then led to the Republican Party voting to formalize the impeachment inquiry. This is not the same as impeachment, is it, Jacob? But could you please explain to us the significance of it?
1: It allows the Republicans to uh, issue subpoenas. The Democrats have been arguing that there's no proper inquiry so far, that it's just a fishing expedition. So the Republicans argue that this endows their hunt for Hunter Biden with more gravitas.
0: It It gives it a bit of congressional authority.
1: Right. For Hunter Biden... It may not be a good thing, but for Joe Biden it is, because the impeachment is now conducted with metronomic regularity on Capitol Hill, so it is. Hello
0: and welcome to the Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American power, politics and society. On each episode, I will talk to an American expert or an expert on America about something that's going on
1: in America in 2023.
0: Thank you very much for listening to the Americano podcast. I would like to thank my brilliant producer, Natasha Feroz, and the rest of The Spectator's broadcast team. If you like the podcast, please leave a review on whatever platform you are listening to us on. Thank you very much. God bless America.
1: been stripped pretty much of all meaning. The House Republicans know that the Senate, including a number of Republicans, would never vote to convict Joe Biden on impeachment over Hunter Biden. The person who should feel a bit of pride in the proceedings is Donald Trump, because he has been pushing the Republicans to carry out formal impeachment of Joe Biden and I think he should have been gratified to see Hunter on the steps of the cap- of the Capitol, because in essence, the Democrats are now taking a page from Trump himself, going to the public, dismissing everything as a witch hunt. Trumpian politics has now overwhelmed both the Democratic and Republican
0: parties. Yes. I noticed that Trump, I think after, although it's hard to tell from the timestamp, I think after Hunter made that speech saying, Republicans say, where's Hunter? I'm here. Trump just tweet, put on his posters on his true social, where's Hunter again? To me, looking at this from uh, as, for, as as an outsider, it seems to me you do have this impeachflation, which you're hinting at uh, in America. It's, it is becoming increasingly uh, an obvious political cudgel and does leave voters cold. And Biden made a statement last night suggesting, you know, I want to get on with dealing with the concerns of everyday americans and so on and so forth however i do think there is some there there um about the hunter biden story i mean it's it's not wrong to say that he was uh he seems to have been engaging uh in an influence in fact he clearly was engaging in an influence peddling operation um selling if not actual access to joe biden then the appearance of access to joe biden or the sense of access to Joe Biden. Otherwise, why would anyone pay Hunter Biden that sort of money? And those bank transfers that the Republicans keep bringing out in the, in the committee and that Hunter Biden said were cherry-picked, um, but they do seem to show uh, money going from foreign entities to associates of the Biden family and then on to members of the Biden family. It could be that they're fraudulent, but if so, the Biden family are doing a pretty bad job of saying that they're fraudulent. I mean, what I'm saying is that this is not a meaningless uh, Russiagate <laughs> pursuit of
1: political nonsense. And here I thought that you were one of the bitters vying for Hunter Biden's paintings, Freddie. <laughs> no, it's obvious that Hunter Biden has a checkered, if not sordid, record. And I don't think any of the Democrats are trying to defend Hunter Biden's actions. The crux of the matter, though, remains that no matter how dubious his activities were, there's so far the Republicans have not been able to produce any evidence linking Papa to the son. I mean, that's the critical issue here. Hunter Biden himself is facing possible jail, a possible jail term of up to 17 years that this new that this special prosecutor has lodged against him for tax evasion and gun charges hunter biden in my in my view is in serious trouble and that will in undoubtedly cast a shadow on joe biden but i am highly skeptical that joe biden did anything other than exercise bad judgment towards hunter biden that he was too soft toward his son and should have kept a a far more scrupulous distance from him uh well let's look ahead then you mentioned donald
0: trump earlier and how this impeachment uh progress towards impeachment is good news for
1: donald trump there seems to be quite a lot of good news. no i did i did mean that it's good news for joe biden because both both. it, it helps animate the democratic base it allows biden to predict to project himself as a victim of a Republican witch hunt, that this is payback for Trump, I think the Republicans are making a political mistake, even though it appeals to their base. I think the end effect is is better for Biden. Uh, that's a very interesting point, And it's
0: something that I think people have been talking about recently. I think Ross Douthat said this uh, on a podcast recently, that um, uh, the American presidential politics is all about they're coming to get me. And it's not just Trumpian, it's it's Clintonian. It's saying to people, they, my enemies, are coming to get me and rallying support to your cause because you're being persecuted legally, politically, etc.
1: Yeah, that's a good insight. Uh, well,
0: Ross that makes many good insights. So let's talk about Trump. It seems to be good news for him at the moment in that he is, storming ahead in the Iowa caucuses, according to the latest polls. And that was thought to be the one caucus that he might not win, because the way it works means that Ron DeSantis would have a better chance with more endorsements and so on. Uh, But in fact, it looks like Trump's going to wrap that up. And then on to the nomination, surely. Question to you, Jacob.
1: I think Trump looks invincible at this point. For the nomination. Yes, the uh, Republican power brokers, the establishment, what's left of it is rallying behind Nikki Haley. New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu has endorsed Haley and is going to escort her around the state. But I'm dubious, again, that this will, that this will be efficacious because Trump is polling 30 to 40 points ahead. He will in all likelihood sail to a crushing victory over his opponents. There is no Republican Party anymore. There's a Trump Party. Yes.
0: And having been to New Hampshire a couple of times for primaries that Trump won, there's no way that they're going to vote for Nikki Haley over Donald Trump in New Hampshire. I mean, that just seems madness.
1: Now, it's possible that the real question is, who is Trump going to take for his vice president? Is he going to take someone like Nikki Haley? Or is it going to be Senator J.D. Vance from Ohio, who has been publicly defending Trump? In a number of prominent forums. Yes. And as the latest polls
0: suggest, uh, he could easily beat Joe Biden in November. And bookmakers now have him as the favorite to win in
1: November. What do you make of that? There, I'm not persuaded. Trump has come out of the gate quite early with a dictator talk and
0: is... Hang on, he didn't come out with a dictator talk everybody said he's going to be a dictator and then he was asked about it
1: right but he he should have punted on when he was on the when he was asked by Sean Hannity and so forth i mean he tried to make light of it but only dug himself in deeper i think that it gets back to the doubt that question that you raised earlier is Trump, When Trump and others talk about waging retribution on their enemies, does that scare enough people to vote for Joe Biden? The election is obviously not going to hinge on whether people vote for Joe Biden, but whether they vote against Donald Trump.
0: But let me put it to you there, Jacob, that you are doing the classic never Trump mistake of taking his obvious joke as a grave threat to the Constitution, or as just a gaffe, in fact, I'd say you, you're calling it a gaffe more, that he said he'd be a dictator on day one, because everybody knows he doesn't mean he's going to be a dictator on day one, don't they? Or, or do they not?
1: That's the open question. I mean, he and his allies are devising a number of plans to uh, essentially reinvent the federal government in their image. They, I mean, they have sweeping plans. How much of this is reality? How much of it could be actually affected? Are they going to invoke the Insurrection Act on day one, as Trump has stated? I don't know. Uh, but it's enough to make people extremely uneasy. Trump, his own former cabinet officials, such as Defense Secretary Mark Esper, are warning that in a second term, you would have Trump unbridled. Yes.
0: Well, and there was this dictator talk, which uh, did seem to be, it seemed to me that the sort of, in the uh, anti-Trump movement, um, the bat signal went out and everybody started calling him a, a dictator. Robert Kagan in the Washington Post wrote a long, very forceful essay arguing that a Trump dictatorship was increasingly inevitable. Then Liz Cheney said that uh, America was sleepwalking into a dictatorship and she meant a Trump dictatorship. And then uh, various other things. The Atlantic has done a a special edition called If Trump Wins with lots of prophecies from people like David Frum about the coming authoritarianism in America. And The New York Times has been doing these reports about um, the Heritage Foundation and its uh, 25 project 25 about the sort of the Trumpist agenda, the radical Trumpist agenda that's going to come in if Trump wins and his transition into the presidency. This, uh, to me, strikes me as exactly the same sort of fear-mongering that we've had about Trump um, since 2016. But perhaps because uh, a lot of people who support Trump now want him to be a dictator, this time it's slightly more valid than it's ever been before.
1: I think there is a yearning for some kind of political change in the United States that we have been at an, at an impasse now for several decades. Each side, it's sort of like, but let's hope it's not like Sherlock Holmes or Professor Moriarty grappling with each other over the Reichenbach Falls. You know, neither has been able to get the upper hand. Maybe the dictator talk actually sells. That's that's the the one thing that the press has not really investigated that uh, how many people do want the man on horseback in the United States?
0: Well, there, were, there was some interesting recent polling that I think showed a sixth of young people uh, say in America, say that I can't remember the age bracket, I 20, um 18 to 32 or 18 to 24, possibly a, a sixth of young people want a dictator rather than a, a, a democratically elected president. There is, a, there is, as you suggest, an appetite for change. And it's interesting that it's coming from young people. And that also reflects itself perhaps in some of the support that we're seeing among young people for Donald Trump, which defies expectations. I mean, you can get different numbers from different polls, but there certainly seems to be a youthful swing towards Trump, which is quite interesting.
1: Yeah, and among minorities as well, at least if the polls are reliable. Now, the counter to this is that the... Federal Reserve yesterday announced that it will likely institute three rate cuts over the next year. The stock market is over 37,000 at a record high. Unemployment is extremely low. So the, if the economy booms over the next year, that will certainly put wind into Biden's sales. At least it would have in the past. But if these cultural disputes continue to dominate Then we see the two parties, you know, if it revolves around abortion and these other issues, we're still locked in that mortal combat, and neither side so far has really been able to get an edge over the other. So the election may not be, in fact, a big Trump win. The more likely prospect seems to be that a narrow sliver of voters will decide this election, as they have in recent ones. Yes.
0: Uh, and the economy will, as ever, be uh, the crucial factor, probably, in an American presidential election. As, as And as you suggest, uh, it does look at the moment as the soft landing from a high inflation period uh, is feasible or possible. But uh, I would put against that to you, Jacob, that Americans do not feel well off, and there is no sign of that changing, despite the employment figures you know, the right track, wrong track polls and so on, they all show Americans feeling worse off than they were under Trump. And that is why a lot of people are telling pollsters that they will vote for Donald Trump rather than
1: Joe Biden. Some Democrats are frustrated that Biden isn't more forceful on this issue. Maybe he should adopt Harold Macmillan's old slogan, you've never had it so good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Well, he sort of has, though. I mean, he's repeatedly, uh, he's done many, many statements saying, you know, I think he said the other day around Thanksgiving, he said this Thanksgiving is the second most affordable, maybe it was the fourth, the fourth most affordable Thanksgiving dinner Americans have ever had.
1: (laughs) Well, that's not much of a selling. It's interesting, though, you might remember that when Neil Ferguson and I were on your show a few months ago, he predicted that a recession was inevitable, and that this would ensure Trump's victory. And bet me a bottle of a case of champagne on this so the jury remains out on who's going to win that bet yes i think you may be
0: uh yeah you may be you may be in the win you may be the winner of that bet i think jacob but do you think uh i've I've done a piece uh for the spec uh this week where, where i talk about civil war which is one of my favorite subjects and the possibility of it in 2024 because if trump really has a realistic chance of becoming president again we're going to see a meltdown of spectacular p- proportions in American politics again, and it's difficult to remember because sort of the pandemic was going on. But just how febrile the atmosphere was in 2020. Um, you had the the Black Lives Matter riots. You had on the eve of the election. You had lots of streets in cities across America being boarded up um, because a kind of massive uh, left wing revolt was expected if Trump were have. Uh, were to have been elected, I mean, what do you think about that? Do you think uh, we're we're in um, political violence territory again in America?
1: We're all, we're always in political, yeah. The this election will be much tenser than the last one, and it will be in Trump's interest to stoke as much uncertainty and chaos as possible, since he battens on it. I think if no matter who wins, there is the possibility of of violence and. We have not really been discussing that here in the U.S. Well, but uh, I mean, you do, you,
0: you you point the finger of blame there at Trump. But I mean, one could equally say that the Democrats and Joe Biden are, are guilty of stoking up this sense of um, impending doom. And in fact, the dictator talk is in itself a sort of call to political violence. And that when those Black Lives Matter were going, riots were going on, there was clearly a sort of anti-Far, anti-Trump edge to them, and that the Democrats, uh, because they were, you know, wanted to get on board with the the social justice cause of Black Lives Matter, they uh, essentially just winked at political violence and didn't really condemn it. It took Joe Biden a long time to condemn it. So, I mean, I think I hate to be all both sidesy, but you can um, make the case that the Democrats are just as, if not more, guilty of stoking uh, political aggravation on the streets.
1: I disagree because Trump and his uh, janissaries have been stoking the talk about dictatorship. And it would be feckless and political malpractice for Biden not to respond to what he and many others perceive as an imminent threat. They're not the ones going on Steve Bannon's show as Cash Patel, who would likely be Trump's head of the CIA. Did and Patel announced we'll be coming after you. Uh, This kind of talk is incendiary. And uh, J.D. Vance calling upon the Justice Department to prosecute Robert Kagan for his article in the Washington Post, all of these can be seen as intimations of what's coming. The Heritage Foundation, also this past week, as I wrote The National Interest, met with official representatives of Viktor Orbán's government to plot how to stymie aid to Ukraine in Congress so there's you know heritage has has actively touted the Hungarian model for the United States there there are good grounds for unease
0: well uh given given Biden's Uh, job approval rating, I think the Wall Street Journal's latest poll had him down at 37%, which is low, considerably lower than Trump was at the same stage in his presidency. Do you think it's possible? Obviously, this is a slightly wild theory, but is it believable that perhaps if an impeachment um, proceeding is launched by the Republicans, that perhaps Democrats might think, actually, we need to get rid of this guy because he could lose to Trump? And the impeachment. Absolutely is a not, word. because
1: you'd end up with Kamala Harris. No one has been able to persuade me that any of the other Democratic candidates, whether it's Gretchen Whitmer or possible candidates, Gretchen Whitmer, the governor of Michigan, or Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, have the experience and ability to wage a national campaign against Donald Trump. Biden has done it successfully. He has decades of political experience. I actually, I, I don't think that any of the others would necessarily fare better than Biden. He has the
0: experience. Are you sure he has the ability? And I don't want to be unkind, but he does seem to not uh thrive at uh doing lots of when when it comes to doing lots of travel and so on.
1: The travel is fine. It's obvious that he's old and that his uh interest in remaining president is is uh not as high as it should be. I mean, he said the other day that the only reason he's running is to run against Trump. That's really not a very persuasive re-election slogan. I agree with that.
0: Well, Jacob, I think we'll end it there. But um, I, this is probably the last time uh, podcast will do before Christmas. So have a very happy Christmas and a very happy new year. Uh, and we look forward to a, a very exciting, if not slightly alarming year ahead in American politics. Thank you very much for listening to the Americano podcast. I would like to thank my brilliant producer, Natasha Ferrose, and the rest of The Spectator's broadcast team. If you like the podcast, please leave a review on whatever platform you are listening to us on. Thank you very much. God bless America.